Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody, the podcast of those who listen, feel more loved and connected through story sharing. My name is Aaron Mashbitz, and my mission is to help you realize your potential and capabilities through conversations and deep insights so you can make your prior best your new baseline. James Bracken joins the podcast this week, and James is a life coach and the host of the You Can Too podcast. And in this conversation, we speak about death, the supposed to's, imposter syndrome, and goals and habits. And it's a really, really insightful and brilliant conversation. I'm really glad I got to speak with James. And in other news, this podcast is brought to you by Amare. Amare is the mental wellness company, and I use their products every single day. So click the link in the show notes, scroll through all of their products, and see which ones might work best for you and your wellness needs. Then, at checkout, use code EVERYBODY for $10 off your entire order. Now, on to episode 203 with James Bracken. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Something for Everybody. My name is Aaron Mashbitz. James, welcome to the show. Aaron, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited to chat today. Yeah, before we before we really take off, I have a very important question to ask you, and that is, how are you doing? Like, actually, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm doing good. I think these days, I'm really sitting in that. I think a lot of us are rushing through life. At least I, I catch myself do that sometimes where I have so many things I have to get done that I have to rush. Um, but I've really been intentional about moving through things with uh, with intention without having to rush. So more of the the slow, really enjoying each moment for everything that it has. So I'm, I'm doing good, man, really making that a priority. I think that might be um, a rarity uh, just among sort of anyone. Uh, yeah. Maybe not just people your age. You happen to be a young man, but like uh, anyone really like we just want we feel like we need to get to the next thing instead of yeah. be in the thing that we're actually doing um, but that's hard you know it takes it takes skill it takes some tools that you have to acquire over a, not I'll say a long period of time but at least some diligent persistent effort you know uh, yeah. but that's cool that that you're there I mean I know it hasn't always been like that for you that's probably why you went on this this journey that you're on and in the place that you're sitting in now which I'm happy to get into, obviously, but that's real cool. Yeah, man, it, it's definitely, <clears throat> definitely isn't easy. Um, but I think especially when, you know, as an entrepreneur in itself, like you said, like we're always going to the next thing. And if you don't make it a priority, you're going to end up falling into the trap of doing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and miss out and not even remember anything that you did. And I definitely uh, with the podcast, speaking with people that have done it themselves, I don't want to make that mistake and really trying to make it a priority for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you're saying you're doing good. When um, when were you not doing good? Uh, I would say at the start of COVID was probably one of the worst. Uh, I, I can't say worse because I, I don't like to use good or bad, but it was one of the most uh, tough times for me, for sure, throughout my life. Um, going into isolation, I just tore my labrum. so. I uh, think I'm two weeks, I'm two weeks sleeping in a recliner, really not being able to move, like just literally getting up, it hurt, um, taking oxys every few hours and not being able to really go or do anything. It was not fun, man. Um, I mean, I just graduated high school. It was like, what am I going to do with my life kind of thing? I knew college didn't, didn't make any sense for me. This was before I stepped into anything self-improvement, whether it was the podcast or my coaching or 
anything. I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a real estate agent and really pressed upon doing that and started surrounding myself with a team once I was, you know, done with surgery and everything. But it was a tough time, man. I think a lot of us, COVID was tough, but it was also uh, later on in COVID, it was one of the best times because it brought me down this path that I'm now on today. Hmm. Yeah, COVID was an interesting journey uh, for me as well. Um, we we ended up in the same place, uh, me and you, based on COVID, podcast, yeah. all of this type of stuff. But I was, uh, during COVID, I was a professional wrestler. That was my full-time job. And so, yeah, I can't really wrestle when there's no fans. <laughs> um, you don't really have a job. And so, you know, just like you, you, you get sort of thrusted into the moment. And you have a choice to make, you know, you can say, well, woe is me, um, this is happening, you know, to me or uh, take life uh, as granted, not for granted and saying this is happening for me. And um, everyone has that choice. It's not so easy in the moment. And I've tried to think about how people like you do it, right? How, do, how, how does it actually work? How do we have this? natural intuition and gut feeling that this is where we should go like how do we how do we get people to get there and i know you're doing that with your with your coaching business so do you have any insight on that yeah i think for me it was like a i didn't know it was going to happen realistically um did i have done a i was listening to a podcast and at the end of the podcast they were talking about coaching i had no idea what coaching was i knew that stepping into real estate was what i felt like i was supposed to do only because I knew that college wasn't what I wanted to do. And so I went into real estate thinking that that was going to be the path, knowing that it didn't really feel aligned with me, but it was like, I have to do something. I have to go somewhere. And then I was listening to a podcast one time and they were talking about coaching. I hopped on a sales call, not knowing what I was getting into. Um, and at the end of that sales call, I got sold like crazy, is what I like to say. And um, I, I got sold on the idea of becoming a coach and helping people and being able to create my own you know, time and uh, my schedule and everything in between. And um, it was just like this thing where it was like, uh, I spoke with light Watkins, who's a, a meditation teacher and an author. And he talks about it as like the, uh, the scary yes. And it was for me, it was like the scariest yes that I ever said in my life because it didn't make sense, man. I mean, I invested thousands of dollars and I didn't have thousands of dollars. So it was like, <laughs> it was kind of like just betting on myself feeling like this is going to be the only time I can make this decision to take the leap. And mm -hmm. so I have to, um, but I will say that for the podcast, for example, I didn't start the podcast till I was 17, but I feel like my entire life I felt called to create something that I could provide value to other people in, in the form of helping them in the same similar way that you're doing. So I don't know, man. I feel like when you have that, it's just like a calling and you have to listen to it, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to get quiet enough to be able to hear that voice. Um, you know, something that you talk about a lot is, is the supposed to's. Um, and when those drown out the, the actual inner coach that you have, everyone has inside of you to say, Hey man, this is the path. Then it becomes really hard. So yeah, when I, when I bring up supposed to, what, what sort of a reaction does that bring for you? It honestly puts a smile on my face. Cause I, uh, as you say it, it's like, Every most people, 99% of people, I would say, is, are going through life living on what they're supposed to do, at least what they think they're supposed to do or what they think is the right path, whether it's college or doing something that makes sense 
I think when we accept that things don't have to make sense to everybody else and even to ourselves, that's when things actually start to, you know, unfold in, in, in a really amazing way. And um, I just think it's really important to unlearn that, that idea of this is what I'm supposed to do kind of thing, because it, it's, just an, it's just an idea. It's a belief in a, in a way that we view the world, and it really doesn't have to be that way. Hmm. Do you consider yourself to be special, quote unquote, since you decided to sort of take this, this journey on that many of your other peers are not engaging in? Do I feel like I'm special? Um, I think everyone's special, mm. realistically. Um, and I think that we just either don't want to admit it or, and we see it as like ego, or we can't see it within ourselves yet. Mm. Uh, that's one thing I've realized with coaching is like, every client that I've worked with, there's been something about them that there's a reason I'm working with them. Like I see something in them that maybe they can't see within themselves. And it's like, sometimes we just need someone to believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. And I think it's a really powerful frame to look at things because it's, it's hard to see things that you can't see within yourself or you can't envision. And so when it's something that you have to unlearn, I mean, that's really why I do everything that I do so I can help people unlearn the the beliefs about themselves that stop it. And that's one belief is that I'm not special, but every single person's different. And if we recognize that we're all here for a purpose, we have a unique gift that we can provide to the world, what you're doing with the podcast, what I'm doing with my podcast coaching. It's like, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't bring it into the world. And that's the frame that I always like to see it as It's like, people need to just realize that like, you're literally doing a disservice by not bringing your unique gifts into the world. And that means accepting that you are special. And that's a, that's a hard belief for people to, to really accept. Yeah, I'm really glad that you, you went there with that. I was hoping you would. And uh, I, I totally agree 100%. And for some, right, they, they went, they've gone their whole life being told that they're normal and they should be normal and they need to act a certain way and do a certain thing. Um, but really, like, they ha I have such, uh, you know, everyone has this divine spark in them like you're saying, that needs to be expressed. And if you don't, the world is less off because of it. Like when people say in terms of people's mental health, like you matter. Well, yeah, that may sound like a cliche and something that people say over and over. But actually, if you really think about it, you 100% do. If you weren't doing the things that you were doing, then the people that you're serving would never get that service. Or if you weren't making that art or creating that YouTube channel or talking about, you know, turtles in your community group or whatever the special fucking thing that you're doing, it's awesome. And it has so many downstream effects that we'll never know. Like the people you touch and you coach, who are they telling your information to? And who are they telling your information from you from all the way down the line? Like, holy shit, James taught me one thing, but now 720 people have this unbelievable gift that he shared with me and that you could be that person. It doesn't have to be in a service space. Uh, I mean, I think helping people is one of the greatest things that we can do for, you know, our mental, physical, spiritual well-being. But just outside of that, just finding something that, you know, resonates with you and not, I don't like to say that everything that you do when you find your purpose is going to be sunshine and rainbows. I mean, you could explain right now how many challenges you have just being an entrepreneur even though it sounds so sexy to be an entrepreneur yeah yeah absolutely entrepreneurship is not a it makes sense that most people don't do it or at least they <laughs> yeah. give up 
it's it's it really really is like i'm i'm almost three years into entrepreneurship which is crazy to think about like i feel like a veteran and i'm a, a beginner at the same time because like i see people that are just starting and it's like man i remember when i was just starting and I'm, i know i'm just starting now still but yeah man i think it, it even goes to like the like to frame it in the sense of like a podcast like most people don't get past episode three which is mind-boggling to me like i did three episodes my first week like i, I don't know how it's it's you know what i mean it's like and i think for you too like it's just a it becomes a habit a part of who we are it's a standard for ourselves that every single week you're gonna see two episodes kind of thing and i don't know man i think it, it is something that again it goes back to the the belief like you have to believe that there is something that you can provide otherwise it's gonna reenact the behavior that I'm not going to be able to do that. So we stay comfortable where we're at. And I think it, I think a lot of people would find a lot about themselves if they stepped into entrepreneurship, though, even if they failed. So you're going to learn a lot about yourself, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you don't do the work, the work doesn't get done. So do you really yeah. love the thing or do you love the idea of being the thing that you're trying to be? Do you love that you can tell people you're a podcaster or do you love actually having the conversations with the most interesting people on the planet? Do you love editing a video when you don't have any team behind you because you're just starting at two in the morning because you just got home from your other job because you still need to do that because you had to pay the bills because the podcast hasn't been monetized yet and you forgot to record the intro and outro because you're busy doing other shit and then you do it and then you post it at four in the morning and zero people listen to it. Like, Are you still willing to do all of that an episode probably one through 100, 150 to get to episode 200 where you can talk to cooler people or not cooler people, but still the same type of awesome people, but maybe someone listens. Like, do you love that thing or do you love that you can go to a cocktail party and be like, yeah, I'm a podcaster. Are you really? That is so, so true, man. You make me think uh, when I started my podcast, I started in my car. And now I'm speaking like I can speak with you now. But when I first started, I didn't have Ethernet connected in my room. So conversation wasn't happening or it was the call was going to drop. And I remember times where I live in upstate New York. So I remember times in summer and in winter where it would either be really, really hot or it'd be really, really cold. And so I'd record a solo episode. And because my first hundred and five episodes were solo, because I was like, I'm not going to even though I can't have people on the podcast yet. This is going to give them proof when I do want to get people on the podcast or when I can that I'm committed and I and I show up. And uh, I remember when it was it'd be below it'd be zero degrees outside in upstate New York, and I'd record a podcast in my car. I'd run back inside, get warm, and then go back outside and do that over and over again. When it was hot, I did the exact same thing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you don't see that though. And I wish I documented that time so that people could see that where I started to now speaking with you know people with the books behind me. It doesn't. It's really, really cool, but yeah, no, you don't, you don't see it. That's for sure. That is for sure. I mean, that's your, that's your competitive advantage. I mean, it's no wonder why now your podcast is in the top 1% and you're speaking to all of these incredible people who've changed millions of lives via their books. And now you're doing the same thing through the conversation, uh, you know, because consistency will not guarantee that you will be successful, but not being consistent will guarantee that you won't be successful. And so, I mean, that's the, that's the starting point for, for pretty much anything. And if we can develop, let's say, the discipline to create that habit in ourselves with anything, then when we find the thing that we do actually love, it becomes just a like, little bit easier. Like you've made the habit of making your bed or going to the gym or going for a walk or whatever it is. Some of these like tedious things that we think aren't beneficial that are actually changing your life then you're like stumble upon this thing when you're doesn't matter what age 
um, and you're like, oh, like this might be the thing. Then you've already proven to yourself that you can be consistent in many different domains. And now you show up for 100 episodes in your car, which is fucking sweet. And, <laughs> you know, and then you're 200 episodes in, you're just, this is, this is just what I do. Tuesday and Thursday episodes come out. Boom, 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 boom. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I just made the commitment to, I was doing a solo episode and an interview each week, and I committed yesterday, actually, funny enough, that every week it's going to be two interviews a week instead of a solo episode, because I want to lean into having more conversations with people. And that's a big commitment. Like, that's double of what I was doing. Um, and I'm about to hit 200 episodes. 198 came out today, and it's like another, another. what's the next level of what what the podcast could look like? Um, I think, like you said, yeah, consistency is definitely huge. Like if you're not consistent, you're going to get nowhere. But and that's probably the biggest thing that's that's big been for me is like just showing up every single week. Like they're just I just don't miss because I set a standard for myself. And it's like that's because I set the standard outside of the podcast, waking up in the morning, not hitting the snooze button and going to the gym and doing the small things that you're right. Like a lot of people, we undermine it, but it's the promises that we keep to ourselves or don't keep to ourselves that determine the quality of our life and, and what we create. and um, I've seen it time and time again, that's for sure. What did you learn about yourself from doing 100 episodes by yourself? That all that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Um, mm. I have a quote. I have a quote that's in my Notion document or my Notion template. That is, that's the, that is the quote. I live by it. Um, I think Tom Bilyeu, I heard it from Tom Bilyeu a long time ago. And it stuck with me like nothing else, because especially I think you'll probably resonate with this. A lot of people you, that listen to this will probably resonate with this is that when you do a creative thing, when you do anything creative and you almost attach yourself worth to that creative act, whether it's a podcast or posting social media on social media, it's really easy to attach your self-worth with the results that you get, the amount of views that you get, the amount of downloads that you're getting, everything in between. And showing up week after week, whether the downloads went up or they stay the same or even went lower sometimes. I was still showing up every single time. And it was almost like a, I had a case Kenny on my podcast a few months back and he only does solo episodes. Like that is his entire podcast. He monetized it. He's living off of it, all of that. And it, it literally, he pretty much just speaks to himself when he's in the, like in his car or wherever he is recording his solo episodes. Like he's pretty much speaking to himself and that's kind of what I was doing. And it was just almost helped me really build my relationship with myself. Funny enough, while providing value to other people. Hmm. What was the deepest insight you gained about who you are or who you want to become as a person? Um, I think it goes to the the supposed to be again, mm -hmm. where like I think for a lot of a lot of people, m me and everyone, uh, we we get so caught on the where I'm supposed to be or um, what I'm supposed to be doing, everything in between, and I think showing up consistently week after week, doing it day after day, it was kind of like this realization that I'm, I'm supposed to be where I'm at, not somewhere else, not further along, not wherever, like I'm supposed to be where I'm at. Otherwise I wouldn't be there. And especially in podcasting, this helped me frame like even goals outside of podcasting for a lot of us, we're trying to get to the end point, right? Like we want to get to the, the exit of a company. We want to get to the point where we don't have to think about income or, or, or anything in, in that realm. And I thought of this with a podcast, like if I thought of that with this, if I just get to the end and uh, that's it, well, then it defeats the purpose of doing a podcast, speaking with great people every single week. Like the whole purpose is to enjoy the passage of time of doing that every single week. And so I'm thinking of that in every aspect of my life, not just a podcast, but actually just trying to go back to what I said in the beginning of this, of 
being where I'm at instead of being solely focused on the next guest, the next guest, the next guest, but just actually um, enjoy the whole process of it because that's what that's why we do it, right? Yeah. Have you have you thought about goals a lot recently? I think about them a lot in terms of setting them. Are like I, I don't know. Just let, let me hear your thoughts on it, and then maybe I'll maybe I'll have some some feedback. Yeah, I think um, I have a lot of I uh, I have a lot of views on goals, and they yeah. they've changed recently for sure. Um, what I used to see goals as is like a this is where I want to get to. Like this is this is the this is this is everything that I'm shooting for. Now I see them more so as like guidelines. Like goals are guidelines. Like they help me get an idea of where the direction I'd want to go, but not ex- not absolutely like I want to hit a hundred thousand downloads. Like that's that wouldn't be a goal for me because that defeats the purpose of the podcast. Like the podcast is to do it every single week and have a conversation. The goal would be to make it the full time thing, the number one thing that I'm doing every single week, and that's all I can do is just show up week after week, week after week. Um, I like to see it as input goals versus output goals. Like I can only focus on what I can do. So the actions that I can take. So a goal for today might be recording this podcast with you and then recording a podcast of my own after this. Like that could be the, the goal because I can only do that. That's all I can focus on is the actual actions that I can take, not so much the results that I get. Um, and if I focus on the actions I can take day after day, the results end up just becoming a byproduct of that. Um, which is, I think, a, a really different perspective than most people take on goals, or at least the need, it would be beneficial for most people. Yeah. I, I just been, I think about them in the context of different people, mm. you know, because like for some, you, you need, they need an external goal because they have, yeah. they need some activation energy, right? They got to get fucking going. So they mm. need something that's like, I'm going to make 3000 extra dollars a month. Okay, right. if you're doing nothing, then yes, the external goal, you need that motivation to get your shit boom. And then once you start moving and once you start rolling, then I think it's time to alter and switch that because now you're putting a ceiling on it. And we all know that once you get to the thing, it's not going to make you, you know, whatever happier, but maybe you need that 3000 extra dollars because you got to pay mortgage or your kids going to school or whatever like the, the thing is, right? That's, I think, a little bit different than sort of these, these broader goals that we're thinking about in in longer time so i'm i think of it in the same context if you have like of like a distant shore like that's where i'm trying to go there's a light post on this shore and i'm just trying to go to that every day now i might take this weird side turn but i'm still going to get myself back on track and go in sort of the direction that i need to because there's my 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 guide post or my distant shore and then you know just like you i'm focused on the process of doing the thing rather than thinking about how many views or downloads because that you know that's just really hard. And I'm sure you've you've listened to Modern Wisdom and, and heard Chris Williamson's story, right? That guy's a fucking beast. Yeah. And like he did his podcast, same as you and I, right? 200, 300, 400 episodes, you know, medium fan base. And then boom, you know, six months he's got in three or four episodes more downloads than all previous 400 episodes. You know, it's wild. But just like you and I, I feel like he's in the same vein. He just loves doing the thing. And you can tell when he's doing it how excited he is just to have a conversation with a person. And I can tell with you too, you smile the whole time. It's, it's beautiful. You have a nice, very nice smile, my friend. But, uh, um, and so I think that's important. So like, I think it's a different frame for goals. Like I'm sure you've worked with people in your life coaching uh, business where they just need to get going. We need something to just move you in the right direction. Okay, so we're going to have an external goal. Now, if you're talking about an elite performer, 
that's different. They they sort of have things figured out. They just need to make these like minor tweaks that can create a little more sustainability. Maybe they do need to do things a little healthier. Maybe they need to remove the external because that's been driving them for the last 20 years and now it's burning them out or whatever like different scenarios may be. So, because I mean, I've been a sports guy my whole life. I played baseball for a really long time. I know that that's how you tore your labrum. Um, and then I became a professional wrestler. So it's all been goal oriented. What's the next thing? How can I get this, 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 this? And it drove me for a while, but then when I stopped doing it, I had to reevaluate that because it was sort of making me go nuts. Um, and so now it's just like, okay, let's do the thing. The thing is cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you on that. Yeah, playing playing baseball my entire life was like the goal is to get to the MLB. Like that was the goal. That was the idea. And like when you attach yourself to wanting to get there, then the whole process of it is just driving you in a way that is not really uh healthy i guess and 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 sometimes it can be healthy sometimes like we need an unhealthy amount of of drive to move forward like that's why fear is a better motivator than than pleasure would be but uh, yeah i think like the example that you use like getting three thousand dollars a month like that's the goal but then what's the goal every single day that's going to lead us to actually making that happen and then so we can actually detach ourselves from like yeah of course we want the three thousand but like what are what am i going to do every single day to lead towards that um like I think of a client that I worked with where he wanted to get on stage. Uh, he's a music artist and wanted to do that for a long time. And I'm like, okay, that's the goal, but what are you going to do to get there? Well, you got to reach out to a bunch of venues every single day to get out there. Within a week, he got it because that's what he was focusing on. Like it's all he had to do. And so I think when we're able to, yeah, focus on the things that we have to do every day that are going to lead us to that goal, it allows us to detach ourselves from the goal. And then it almost becomes easier in, in a weird way. 100%. Yeah, because you're not being sort of consumed mm -hmm. by the one thing. And sometimes you you have to become consumed or obsessed with the one thing to be the best in the world at the one thing. And I get yeah. that from a sports domain perspective like but we're now learning from these guys like I recently listened to an interview from Tom Brady who's the best mm -hmm. quarterback of all time and he said his goal was never to be the best of all time. His goal was to be the best at getting better. Okay. So that, that's a healthy obsession right there. I want to be the best at getting better. And then the goal, like you just said, he's detached from the goal. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to be start. I don't know if I'm going to be the worst player. But I know that I'm going to be the best at getting better every single day. And then it le it's got to lead to something great because – very few people are putting in that amount of work on a consistent basis um, to reach the level that they want to, they think they want to reach, but then they don't understand the sacrifice that have to be made to get there. And so I think that framework of, of Tom Brady fits perfectly into to what you're saying here of just trying to be the best at getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, if that's not your focus, you almost miss out on uh, like where you're at. I think of, uh, I've been thinking about this recently too. Like you, you brought up Chris Williamson. Absolutely love Chris Williamson. If there was a poster child of the, the way I, the, where I want to go, he's doing it. Uh, the people that he's speaking to, the, the, the production that he has behind his podcast, everything in between. I love it. But if I focus on, oh, I compare myself off of him because that's the goal. Well, then I'm missing out on like these times that I'm in right now. And I know that when I get to that point, I'm going to think back to this time and think, man, I, I wish I soaked it up more. I mm -hmm. wish I was a part of it more. I wish I was actually, you know, I smell the roses more. I don't remember who I had on the podcast that brought that up. But um, 
like I think a lot of people get to their 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 deathbed and, and wish that they smelled the roses more, wish that they actually experienced where they were at while they were there instead of having to reflect on it later on because you're so focused on the next thing. When it just, I mean, dude, like you cannot wake up tomorrow, be where you're at. And, that, and that's a, a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Speaking of death, it's a huge, let's say, I mean, I mean, everyone's going to die. But those that experience death early on in their life, you, for example, um, I've experienced death early in my life. It changes the way that you go about your business. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, it, there's a fragility and a preciousness that's sort of always in the back of your mind in a really great way um, yeah. that tells you that this time that you're having with this person or this conversation or this moment or this gym session or this horrible moment that you're actually in, but you know you're going to get out of is like the thing that like, this is it. This is the beauty of it all. And so I know that you lost quite a few people early on in your life. What, what have you learned about death or how do you view death now? I'm so grateful for it. Um, I think if we like, you know, I have a lot of people on the podcast that are like health focused. I got Gary Brecka on a little bit ago, the 10 X health guy. And he talks about expanding health and, and how we were going to live to so much longer. And I love it. I love that we're expanding lifespan. But I think that the the important part is that it is precious, like you said. Like our time is so, so precious. And we think of time like every single second that we have is a second that we we now do not have. Like every single every single moment, every single minute that we have, um, we have to soak it up because we really don't know when our time is. And I think we almost live like our time is infinite unconsciously. Because we stress about things, we worry about things that literally won't matter in five five weeks, let alone probably five minutes from now. But we get so consumed in our problems because we can't put things into perspective. I think that that's what um, death has really helped me with is to be able to put things into perspective a lot more intentionally. Um, and to live with a, a lot more of a, a mindful approach of how I want to look back on my life. Um, did I give it my all? Did I go to the things that uh, inspire me? Did I take the trips that I want to take? Did I do the things that I want to do? Did I help the people I wanted to help? Um, and everything in between, I think it's a, uh, yeah, it definitely does. You know, you live life a lot differently. Um, that's for sure. And I lost a lot of people like younger, younger to where I didn't even really internalize it. Mm. Um, but the more that I get older, uh, the more that I realized how precious it is. Like my father and uncle passed at 37. People look at me like I'm young, which I am. I'm 20. Um, but 20, 20 to 37 isn't that far. You know what I mean? And so thinking of it in that realm of maybe I'm not going to die then, but thinking of it in the sense of like, like I have to live for today, almost just an urgency that a lot of people I don't think have. Um, I can definitely say I, I'm, I'm grateful I do. Yeah. What, what would you like people to say about you? Um, once you pass on, uh, that I was kind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that say is a gift for me is I help people, um, feel good about themselves, or at least I try to, when I have people on the podcast, like I want it to be solely focused on that person. When I have a, a coaching client, I want it to be solely focused on that person. Like I, I really, I don't want the spotlight to be on me by any means. I want to help other people. And if, uh, if I get to the end of my life and people look at me like, oh, he, he was a really kind person and he helped a lot of people that just like puts a smile on my face. Now I'm thinking about that. Cause that's, you're going to get what you want in life. If you help enough other people get what they want in life. And I think a lot of us are just trying to get what we want. And 
ever since I stepped into this space, I'm thinking, how can I help other people get what they want in their life? And whatever I want will come as a byproduct of that. How did you have the, the gall, uh, let's say, to become a life coach at age 17? I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, um, yeah, I don't know anyone that's done it. Uh, it was terrifying, bro. Uh, it, it, it doesn't make sense, right? And I think... Um, that's why it's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. I, I think for me, the, the, it wasn't that I had people come up and like, how do you have the confidence, right? How do people have the confidence to take that leap? But it's usually in those instances, it's not that you have the confidence, but you give yourself no other option. Mm. So for me, the thing that I thought about, I was working at Dick Sporting Goods at the time. The thing that I thought about when I was on that conversation, uh, getting sold about this coaching program, I'm thinking, he's telling me about how I could take my mom to Paris in a few months from now, how everything's going to be perfect, everything's going to look great. And I'm thinking about going into work tomorrow and having to listen to a manager that I despise. And so like, it was just like, maybe this isn't the thing. I have no idea. But it was the uh, me being naive and me being open to the possibility of it being a, a possibility. And I think a lot of people just don't give themselves the opportunity or the permission to actually see what could happen. And so for me at 17, it was like I wasn't even thinking about my age. I was just more so thinking about the direction that I wanted to go down. And I knew staying at a, a job that I did not feel aligned with and people that have been there for 30, 40 plus years, like it blew my mind that people stayed at one store for like 30 to 40 years of their life. It was like, that's where like you have a gift and you're not using it because you, you don't put yourself into the world because you're staying at a place that doesn't give you the opportunity to do so. And so it was like, for me, it was thinking my grandfather passed at 66. He passed a few months before his retirement. This is someone that worked their entire life to not even get to experience his retirement. And so in the back of my mind, I was thinking, maybe this isn't the thing. I have no idea. But I know that if I don't do it, I'm going to regret not doing it. A lot of us think about the detriment of what happens if I go after something and I fail. I think, what's the detriment of not taking action at all? And I think that's a lot more terrifying. Yeah, I mean, it's the, this idea of choosing your regrets wisely. You know, we're yeah. all we're going to regret something. But are you going to regret the fact that you did or didn't take the action? Probably that you didn't, but there's still other things that you will regret even if you did take the action, but those are the regrets that you chose. You chose the regret of maybe not partying as much or going to college or whatever, like a bunch of stuff could potentially be yeah. there, but you chose the one thing that could change the whole trajectory of your life. And at least you gave it your best fucking effort. And that's awesome. And so, yeah, I mean, the consequences of action and inaction are very, very, very profound. Choosing your regrets wisely is very profound. I mean, it's, uh, it's stuff that people can learn and go about. They can also hire a coach as well. I think that's important for, for understanding blind spots because we all have them. Like, it's funny when you talk to other coaches who also have coaches who have coaches who have coaches who have coaches. It's like yeah. everybody's got someone, you know, just having conversations. Like, where, what am I missing? What am I limiting myself on? You know, how am I handicapping myself? Am I not expressing myself? Do, do I have this part of me that's not being utilized as well as this part? Like, that's what the conversation is for. And uh, if you're anything like me, I do the podcast very self-indulgently to just gain deeper insights from people for free. So <laughs> it is the coolest thing in the world, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I, I spoke with uh, Benjamin Hardy a few weeks ago and like, this is someone that I, I love his work. Like I've dove into every single book that he has. Now I get to have a conversation and ask him the questions I've always wanted to ask him. 
there's there is and and that's providing value to him because i'm getting his message out there more it's like for you absolutely it's the coolest thing ever um yeah i don't care if i if i never made money from it ever i'd still be like this is the coolest thing i still get to i still get to speak with really cool people like i'm speaking with someone about anxiety later today that is a, a doctor and a, a neuroscientist like i'm not going to get that opportunity and now i have the opportunity it's just it, it is i don't think i'll ever be uh un fathom to buy it it's just awesome it's really cool yeah yeah you're right you're totally right when you're when you're speaking with someone uh potentially a client um does does imposter syndrome come up a lot for for the people that you work with as in for me or for the people that are work i'm working for the, with someone that you're talking to are, are they bringing up that they have imposter syndrome because i have to imagine that you felt it a little bit getting into this stuff at such a young age and then being yeah. able to overcome it. I mean, I think a little bit of imposter syndrome is, is quite healthy. Um, yeah. But that the, the stuff that can be debilitating is where you just think you're, you're not enough or you're not worthy. I mean, that's where we have to get sort of the root cause of it and, and explain why that is and then you know, figure it out from there. But has that come up a lot for you? Not for me anymore. Um, I, not, not anymore. I mean, it's always going to come around for when I do new things and I step into different um, experiences. But for clients, for sure. Um, but I think it's a it's a it's a reframe. It's a simple reframe. It's like failure. Like failure is feedback. It's not failure. It's not a part of who you are. It's not a representation of your self worth. But it's just it's a it's an opportunity to improve. Like you said, Tom Brady is just trying to get just get better every single time. He's been through a lot of failures. You just you just see his successes. That's what we focus on. Um, and so for clients, it's like a, a big reframe. I when I had a conversation with Seth Godin on this, we had a very similar uh, perspective on on imposter syndrome. Like I see imposter syndrome as something you should seek. Like if you're not feeling like an imposter, you're probably not putting yourself in a position to get uncomfortable. And so if you're not putting yourself in a position to get uncomfortable, you're probably going to stay stagnant in where you are. And so as soon as I reframe that on a call with a, with a client, it's like, oh, now I just have to take action. Now I just have to get out of my own way because the imposter syndrome is just my brain trying to keep me safe. But if my goal is to move forward, um, I have an internal goal that's trying to keep me safe, which is trying to keep me stagnant. And so there's two goals happening at the same time. We just have to gain control over them, um, which is a, a really important uh, piece to touch on for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The imp imposter syndrome is an important piece because like there's a lot of rhetoric around saying that we shouldn't feel it anymore. And it's like, like I don't want to feel like I'm the best in the world at this. Yeah. No. Because I'm not, and I never will be. But if I do feel like that, then I'm losing that edge of trying to get better at the thing I'm doing. Now, again, there's, there's a vice of excess and there's a vice of deficiency with sort of everything, right? And there can be the same with imposter syndrome as well. But if, you, if you're in that middle ground where you like feel like, I'm, I'm like, okay, but I'm still doing the thing and I know I'm getting better even when I get feedback, like that sort of, toggle i think is important for for getting better um but you have to take action and so how do you, how do you get your clients to have sort of forward momentum or forward motion really gaining clarity on what's the reason that they're not i think like so for example like a lot of people see procrastination as a problem and i always say like procrastination isn't the problem procrastination is a symptom to a problem so the reason that you're stagnant or you're not taking action is because there's a fear present, right? Like there's, there's, there's a reason. It's not just because you're lazy. It's not just because you don't feel like it. It's not because you're unmotivated. It's like you need to figure out what is the fear that's there. I see that there's really three core fears that we have. It's the fear of success, fear of failure, and fear of judgment. 
So, and it could be all three, like it definitely could be all three for a lot of us. They're all playing some role in our life. And if we don't get crystal clear on why it's there, where it started from, like what happened in your childhood that prompted you to feel if, if I fail at something that I'm a failure, was it, uh, maybe it was someone at school that bullied you. Maybe it was a, a parent that didn't accept you. Like there's just, there's always a reason, um, we just like to stay surface level. And when we stay surface level, we can never interrupt that pattern sustainably. And that's the problem is we deal with the same problems over and over again, because we don't address the real reason for it's, it's like the reason it's there. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that takes, that takes, you know, some deep reflection, you know, some silence, some quietness, or really intelligent questions from a coach or a friend. Um, and the questions you could potentially ask yourself as well. If you're, if you're someone who journals or just silently thinks to themselves, like those questions you have to ask yourself. And then the important piece there is that you have to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's no way around it. Like if I'm not doing the things that I think I should be doing, and then I tell myself that I am, then I'm never going to get out of the spot that I'm in. But if I don't like my job and my relationships suck and I'm in bad shape. Okay. Be honest with that. All of those things are fixable and changeable and you can work to create a better thing for yourself, but you have to first be honest with the, with the position that you're in um, because we can't fight reality. Reality always wins, but how can we move from a space of an honest space that could potentially get us in a better position? And I think that's, that's an important part of the, the growth journey, let's say. Yeah, I think that's why coaching is so powerful because it, it, it forces you to confront the truth. Um, like, it, it's funny, but when I'll have a, a client come on uh, a call, like we, we usually jump into our wins is the first thing. And then, of course, like struggles and everything. And um, even for wins, a lot of people don't want to like think about the wins that they've had because they're always focused on how they can get better. Like they're always focused on the things that we're doing wrong instead of all the things that you did right today. And so like... Uh, there's been times where I'll hop on a call with a client and I'll be like, okay, like, let me hear your wins from the last week. And they'll say, I don't have any wins. And I'm, and then I'll ring it out of them and be like, well, there's truth. That's, that's not the, that's not the reality of it. You just don't want to share the truth because maybe they feel uncomfortable to you expressing all of the good things that you've done. And yeah, uh, it's, it's the funniest thing when you call someone out, um, on a, on a client call, it's, it's the, it's really rewarding to see them like laugh. Uh, about the truth and like just coming to the realization like yeah i know i'm telling a lie so let me hold myself to a higher standard not just me but them hold themselves to a higher standard and it's a it's a really rewarding feeling that's for sure yeah coaching um is a great honor i would say i coach um a baseball team um and i coach mental skills for for athletes and like Mm -hmm. just looking at someone and seeing them understand the thing that you said, yeah, and them go like, oh, and then go and perform it and execute it, whether in their real life or on the baseball field, um, I haven't come across uh, a better feeling ever. No, no, it, it's it is, it's the best. That's it. like there's no there's no. There's no other way around that. It's it's such a rewarding feeling because you know that, like you said, we all have blind spots. The subtlest shift in something, a change in perspective, a change in the the way that you're acting, can be the smallest thing. But you you reframe it. You 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 see it from a different lens, um, and it changes the way you act in the world. Changes the results that you get. Changes the experience that you have. And it's like the subtlest things that we can change have such a dramatic 
downturn effect on, on the the results and everything of our life. It, it it is awesome. There's no feeling like it. That's for sure. Yeah, and maybe it's the same for you. Like coaching has made me or has forced me to become better. Because oh, yeah. if I'm not able to be sophisticated with my language, if I'm not able to be uh, fluid with the way I speak and be able to adjust what I think is right to different personalities and different character types, if I'm not able to be patient with my people or a 13-year-old kid, um, if I'm not uh, really able to simplify the information enough where anyone can understand it, then I just don't know it. And then I have to go back to the drawing board and take an honest look at myself. Do I really know how to teach whatever, whatever the you know thing you're trying to teach is? But So it's made me better. It's made me think about my own life and how the responsibility I want to carry that with and the values and virtues that I want to live by in hopes to model those for the people that I'm around. Yeah, full support of that. Full support of that. It 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 also um, makes you hold yourself to a higher standard. Like if you're telling so if you're telling a client to do something and you're not doing it yourself, you're gonna feel like a fraud. That's why imposter syndrome shows up because you know that you could hold yourself to a higher standard. That you know that there's a higher version of you that's waiting. You just haven't held yourself to it yet. Like if I tell a client like hitting the snooze button in the morning, for example, and I'm not and I'm hitting the snooze button, it's like, well, my whether I realize it or not the way that I show up is going to reflect my view of myself. And so if I'm telling someone else to do something and I'm not yet doing myself, how can I coach someone else? Not to say that coaches can't have their own problems. That's why coaches have coaches. But like, you can't say something, you can't tell someone to do something that you're not doing yourself. That it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, you, you have to line up your words and your actions because eventually the way you're being dishonest and lying to yourself and to others will catch up to you. Um, hopefully not in the sort of this like catastrophic way, but eventually you'll just, you know, feel like in your stomach, like, I just, I'm not going about this right. And then you start to reevaluate because you probably do actually want to do the thing you're doing, but you haven't done the right amount of work in your space to then tra translate that information to others. And so coaching makes me honestly reflect on myself all of the time and it good. It keeps me grounded keeps me humble, keeps me making sure that I don't really know fucking anything. Yeah. <laughs> so it's awesome. You know? Yeah, no, it's so true. It's like the, like I said earlier, like you're going to get what you want by helping enough other people get what they want. And whether that's a monetary growth or a personal growth or business growth or whatever it comes down to, you're growing while you're helping other people, uh, especially if it's in the, in, in the way of service, like we're speaking with great people on a podcast, you learn something, and then you go explain that to a client. And then you actually understand it a lot deeper. Like you said earlier, like you can't, you don't really understand something if you can't explain it. Uh, like you like you'd explain it to a third grader. And that's something that's I've been able to get a lot better at um, myself is being able to do that with for other people for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you you doing 100 solo episodes allows you to get really clear on the things that you understand and don't understand. I mean, that's just a product of your repetition and which is, which is incredible, which is why you're doing and able to speak in such a sophisticated way that you do now, right? Because you had fucking practice, like legit practice of just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and like listening back to it. I'm sure you played game tape over and over and over again. And you're like, mm, mm, stumbled too many ifs, too many does, too many us, too many ums. Okay, cool. I'll get better keep getting better and then now look at you yeah 
Um, I heard uh, Stephen Barlett. Are you? I assume you know who Stephen Barlett is, Diary CEO. So him and uh, Chris Williams that are my, my two people that I just I love the way that they think about things. Stephen Barlett brought up something recently in the podcast that he had with Kristen or uh, Chris Williamson, and he said that you need to sweat the small stuff. And like I loved that perspective because a lot of us we don't sweat the small stuff or we that's the that's the ideology is don't sweat the small stuff right don't and i and there's like two sides to it like don't worry about the thing that's not going to matter in five minutes from now don't sweat the small stuff and then there's the other side where like you need to sweat the small stuff you need to think about the the little improvements that you can make that you're not thinking about that will make the drastic amount of difference like i recently added an intro so like a preview a couple like a 30 second to a minute before every single podcast to help people entice people to know what they're going to get from the podcast I wasn't doing that for over a hundred episodes and now I just added it smallest improvement, but it's another, it's another thing that just is a, a tiny little thing that's going to add up over time. And we need to sweat small stuff more. I, I think that's a really, really cool perspective to take. hundred percent, hundred percent. Kobe Bryant always said, be brilliant at the basics. Mm. Excellence is obtained through the boarding, the the boring, mundane fundamentals over and over and over and over and over again. And that's it. That's the secret sauce. And then all the cool stuff happens, the championships, the wins, potentially the money, all of that stuff just, just happens. But you're still just like, I love the boring, mundane fundamentals. Um, and so that's, that's what Steven's saying. He's incredible. That whole episode that they did together was, was awesome. My favorite podcast of the year, easily. It was like two hours long, and it was just soaking up and stuff that I assume me and you would just go crazy over. It's, it's the the stuff that thinking about that kind of stuff is what I think about all all the time. So to put it into perspective and to act it out and actually learn something from it is is even cooler. Yeah, thinking about um, your sort of your generation, what would you suggest that are a couple habits? that people should adopt in sort of your your age group your generation that you think would be the most beneficial walking is number one and if anyone follows me you'll notice that i post on my story multiple times a week going telling you to go on a walk because it's so so important it's like it's like uh for people that can't meditate, let's say, for example, or won't meditate because they can't get themselves to sit down and be with their thoughts, go on a walk without any headphones, without your phone, and just go on a walk. Because that's almost a, that's almost a meditation in itself. Um, I think when we always have something in our ears, we we're always taking something in, we're always talking to someone. It goes back to the quote I said earlier, where all that matters is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. You can't even know how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself if you're never by yourself. Mm. And that, and, and and I don't mean just physically. I mean like literally, if you're always listening to something, I found myself always having a podcast in, always listening to an audiobook, always listening to something that I didn't reflect on how I felt about myself or how, uh, you know, how things really work. Like you said, you asked at the beginning of this, like, how am I? Well, right before this, I went on a walk without any headphones in to, to ask myself that question. Um, and to reinforce, like to see where I'm at, check in with myself. Um, and I think that's a thing that we need to do more often. Like we'll have a bunch of meetings with everyone else, but when's the last time you set a meeting with yourself? Um, and I think that's a, a really different perspective to take. That's one. Uh, meditation, I'll add in there just to just for it's just been one of the biggest habits of my life. I think walking's really good, but like when you're actually able to sit with yourself in stillness, it's a really, really difficult thing to do, but it is one of the most rewarding things to do. The last thing I would say is find something that you can build. Uh, like find something that even if you were to fail, you still succeed. 
So like for the podcast, like even if I were to quote unquote fail and I never made any money from it, and this was just it never turned into like the the modern wisdom, not the diary of the CEO, whatever. I'm still winning because I'm still speaking with people I wouldn't get the chance to speak with. So I'm still winning, even if I were to quote unquote fail from it. Um, so for other people, like what's the thing that you can lean into that even if you were to quote unquote fail at it from an external perspective, you still feel like you're winning. Um, and I've realized that with the podcast, like you can probably tell the same is it's just, it's, it's amazing. And I don't think a lot of people have that for themselves. And so they kind of go through their life coasting instead of creating something that is actually meaningful and fulfilling to them. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. People should definitely adopt, adopt those habits. Um, any closing thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, anecdotes, funny stories? No, man, I'm just grateful for the time. You're, you're awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on and uh, I love what you're putting into the world and just, just grateful for the time, man. Back at it, back at it, man. Where should people go if they want more of you? Uh, James Bracken IV on all socials and the You Can Too podcast on all socials. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of the above. That's where I'll be. James is pumping out two episodes a week just like we do on this podcast. And if you're a listener here, there's absolutely 100% no doubt that you will enjoy everything that he puts out. Very similar. Obviously, we're two different podcasters, so we have a different interview style. So the conversations will be different, but the nuggets of wisdom that you can obtain are totally same, and it's the start of a, of changing your life. But again, if you consume any sort of podcast, whether it's James or mine, make sure that you consume it and then you take action because action, as James will tell you, is the most important thing. So I appreciate you, James. Thanks for everything you do for the world, and uh, cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to that episode with James. What idea stood out to you the most? What idea resonated with you most deeply that you can implement and take action on today? And if you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend because the podcast grows from people like you sharing it with people like you. And don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple, or even on Good Pods. But the absolute best way to support this podcast is by becoming a supporter via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Mashbitz directly supports me, this podcast, and my mental health nonprofit, You Are Loved. Thank you. But most importantly, most importantly, above all else, above all else, please, please take good care of yourselves and others. And I'll see you next time. Lots of love. Cheers.